0: Guile's theme goes with everything, including this podcast. This is Magecast, episode 36, and we're having a delightful reverie about Street Fighter 2 and the arcades of old this time around. My guest is Rich, a.k.a. The Deviate, a games writer and blogger with about 15 years of experience under his belt. As well as a streamer and a retro gaming enthusiast, he's an active member of the WordPress gaming community. This episode focuses a lot on personal stories, which I think fits perfectly in a conversation about the quote-unquote good old days. I've got just a few things to remind you of before we get started. One, we just launched a new podcast, a sister show to Magecast, entitled Philosophy Raga. It's headed up by my good friend British Chris, aka Overthinkery1 on Twitter, and the sometimes vaguely philosophical mage at thewellreadmage.com. His show is a bite-sized series tackling games and philosophy in one fell swoop. We're doing a giveaway for free merch if you leave a review for Philosophy Raga before the end of November as well. 2. Our TeePublic merch store is having some killer sales right now since it's Black Friday week, so check that out and gear up on gifts especially for yourself. There's a link to our merch store in the podcast description. Excitingly, we've reached ninja status on Tee Public which means our store is in the top 50% of earners, so I'll be rolling out even more new designs soon, and next year we'll have even more features to take advantage of. Three, I want to thank our two newest patrons, Patrick DePersio and Amanda May. Thank you for supporting our concept centered on civil discussion and games critique. If you want to support the show too, listener, you can visit patreon.com forward slash thewellreadmage to learn more. Four, we're still recruiting writers for our Super Mario Multiverse collab, and we'll be looking to add new talent to our roster of over 100 writers before the end of the year. So, if you're a Mario fan and want to join in on one of the biggest Mario collaborations ever, then contact me on Twitter at the Wellread Mage or by email contact at TheWellRedMage.com. We're looking for personal stories, not reviews. Fifthly, finally, and back to Street Fighter II, my good friend Retro Game Brews is hosting a fun competitive event for the game. They're going to be playing Special Champions Edition for Sega in his RGB high-score competition. So check him out for more details on Twitter at Brews. The cutoff date is 12-9 at 10am CST. All submissions will be entered in a drawing to win Sega games. Phew, well, we made it through the announcements. Here comes a new episode. Hey, I'm very excited for this episode of Magecast. We're going to be talking about a true, definitive classic. Uh, Tonight, And I also have a classic writer and blogger with me tonight, uh, known as The Deviant. How are you doing tonight, sir?
1: Hey,
2: what's going on, Meech?
0: So I appreciate you being on the show, Rich. Uh, Thanks for taking the time out of your week, especially to join me for a game that's as influential and as iconic as this one. Um, So you've been writing and blogging about games for quite a while, is that right?
2: Yeah, um, over a decade. Uh, mostly on erroneous like user sections of gaming sites and things but uh which are are not around anymore. Um for a while you know, the longest running one I had was on uh was on Vox. Um that was some of my non gaming related stuff. My uh you know, my personal writing. I used to do a lot of uh lyrics, poetry, that kind of thing. Uh. But that uh that kind of dried up and had a, you know, personal situation with somebody else that was a lot tied to my writing. And um, so when that, that thing dissolved, that kind of made it tough to go back to that kind of uh, writing for me because, you know, you get you get in a jam and you know somebody for 15 years and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, um, you know, things get kind of, uh, you know, uh, you, you start remembering them all the time when you go to put pen to paper. So hmm. I, I shifted focus uh, almost exclusively to my game writing.
0: So tell us about your uh, your games blog.
2: Over uh, at comma eight comma one dot wordpress
0: dot com.
2: And it's all spelled out. Um, it's actually a, a reference to uh, Commodore sixty four.
0: I was going to ask, <laughs>
2: which uh, which is, is, you know, the greatest video game platform of all time, um, but um, you know, I grew up grew up in the '80s. I, you know, I was born the year the 2600 came out, so you could do the math. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I grew up on playing 2600 games. And when I was around five, uh, we got a C64 as like a hand-me-down relative. It, was had heard about oh they're working on you know the 128, got to go get the 128 it's better and they they handed us down the, their old uh, bread bin model, and we all just were blown away by it. I, re- I remember being five years old and it was like a, I believe a Saturday. I, I come out of my room I hear this this noise this this music it sound sound kind of erroneous and awesome and I come out and I find my father had the thing all set up and uh was playing one of uh, what would go on to be one of my favorite games of all time um forbidden forest which is coded by a musician slash uh coder named paul norman
3: hmm. and
2: uh it was this really fascinating awesome boss rush game that i uh actually have that overview of that up on the blog
0: so forbidden forest i don't think i've played that one the Commodore 64 is the earliest one that I, earliest system I remember playing. So I've got some fondness for that as well. Um, and I think I remember asking you once before where the title of your blog came from.
2: Yeah. So anyway, when, when you had a Commodore 64 for, for those listening, who don't know or never used one, um, the operating system in it was basically a variant of Microsoft basic. And, uh, so every every command you did, and, and truth be told, all of the microcomputers of the 80s that weren't an IBM PC, um, they all used a variant of Microsoft Basic. In fact, most of them have uh, things where the Microsoft coders put an Easter egg in where if you typed in a certain command, it would actually pull up Microsoft hmm. because, uh, you know, Commodore, Atari, um, Texas Instruments, um, it was, uh Radio Shla- Radio Shack slash Tandy. Um, they all they all had uh, had their own variants of, of MS Basic, and they made their own tweaks to it. Uh, so on the Commodore 64, if you wanted to load something, you had to type in you know load, and then in quotes you had to put a star symbol with an with an end quote, and then comma 8, comma one. And basically that was telling you that the computer, all right, look at the disk drive that's plugged in, find the first file on the, uh, on the disk, the first executable file, and then it would do that. And would come up and after it loaded it would say ready, and then you would type run and hit enter, and then it would run the program once it was loaded to memory. So fun little
0: factoid there. Yeah, and that's where that's where you got your name from. It certainly is a unique name for for a blog. Yeah. What does the deviant mean, if I'm pronouncing that right? Yeah. Well, the deviate, deviant, deviant, um, uh,
2: that became kind of my like I, that goes all the way back to 1995. Um, my uh, it's gonna sound really silly, but uh. Back then, I was just getting out of high school, and um, my brother, a couple of friends of ours, uh, we would, you know, we had our own like kind of uh, backyard wrestling thing going on, and uh, we would come up with like our own our own characters, and mm-hmm. um, and the thing was, uh, my character was kind of like just this like no rules. You know, anarchist type guy. Yeah, and so, like, I would do, like, run-ins. Um, like, one one match we had, um, it was hilarious because my... Uh, one of my friends who, he's, uh... Actually, he, he has his own Twitch thing now, um, where he does, like, Overwatch and stuff. But, uh... <laughs> uh it goes by 1106. And, um... You know... We were filming it on a VHS tape, on an old crappy 80s style ones, and the mic was actually broken on it. But uh, in in the match, like I run in, because in a previous match he had like you know put me in a cam- like a Steiner recliner, which <laughs> which hurts like hell, by the way. <laughs> um, but like uh, later on in the evening, I went in, and I inter- interfered in one of his matches, I hit him with, like the a Rubbermaid um trash can and then i ended up putting it over him and then like like i ended up like kicking him twice and then like the and then like a third kick and it hit him like square in the nose Mm. and even though the (laughs) even though the microphone was like broken on the tape you could still hear him go ah (laughs) (laughs) and you just see this guy like fall to his knees and then like brick flare right onto the onto the the grass is is hilarious but um i'm getting ahead of myself you know so anyway you know this i'm like thinking i'm like well you know what could this character be you know and um i you know I was a huge and I, I still am but even more so back then um uh, huge green day fan and uh further on their th- um uh, I guess, depending on how you look at it, the the third or or fourth album, depending on how you look at the two Lookout releases, because they were originally two separate albums, and then they combined them, uh, the two EPs, I meant to say, and then they combined them into an album. So you have the, you know, you had 1039 Smooth Out Slappy Hours, and then they had Kerplunk after that, and then Dookie, and then Insomniac which was actually their lowest selling album um uh, because they got sick and stopped touring it <laughs> but anyway um on that song uh, on that uh on that one of the songs um I believe it's Armageddon Shanks um uh, there's this uh one really poignant line in it um, cuz it's about you know and I I was going through like internally a lot of uh you know rough stuff at the time and there was one line that really stuck out to me because uh, I identified with it a lot at the time and There's like this uh, line in there. It says uh, a, a, a Stanza if you will and it goes uh, Elected the rejected I perfect the science of the idiot and Then it's and then the follows up with no meaning and no healing a self-loathing freak and introverted deviant. And I was just like, that, that's, that's gold. I I love that, you know? And so that ended up becoming my backyard wrestling persona. (laughs) And then, uh,
0: I never would have guessed that this was the, the origin.
2: (laughs) And then I, uh, you know, and then I just always used it when I was playing video games, any video game, you know, wrestling game or other game where, uh, you can name your, yourself, and this became even more poignant um, as time would go on, because you know, by '96 we had like Duke 3D and Quake, and you could play head-to-head, you know, over the over the modem, you know, and uh, you know, and it just stuck. It's just something I always kept, um, you know. Uh, it was even, you know, my handle during the Unreal tournament years. You know, I uh, was actually accepted into a clan because people were like, oh, this dude's sick with the bio rifle. We love him.
0: What about, um, when you played a game like street fighter two, could you use like an acronym of that? If you were uh, not, high school? not, not really. So that was too I would, small, right? I it was,
2: it was just three characters. So yeah. like any, anything where it's your initials, uh, it would just be my actual, I would just use my actual real world oh, initials, okay. Okay. you know, unless, unless, uh, as we all did as teenagers back then, unless you, uh, you know, we're feeling just kind of, uh, you know, um, trolly, you would just put, <laughs> you know, ASS. Or- yeah,
0: that was the, the trolling of the, the mid nineties.
2: Yeah, uh, even before then, I mean, people were probably doing that on, you know space invaders and pong I'm sure if, yeah. if pong if pong had like a high score like oh is the first guy to break nine points you know <laughs> they would have they would have done it back
0: then yeah that's true it's something in human nature so all these all these great these great vintage classics uh but what are you playing currently are you are you in your in your way adventuring through something
2: um lately um I've been you know, hopelessly addicted to uh, Splatoon 2. <laughs>
1: um,
2: the uh, the rank mode on that, the, um yeah, the, I'm getting all tongue-tied. Um, now, the, uh, the rank modes, for those who've never played Splatoon or Splatoon 2, there are two different kinds of le- uh, leveling systems they have in it for in terms of your uh, your progress in terms of level, you know, your uh, your stature. Uh, the main mode, the main multiplayer mode, uh, turf war, just measures your level, and it doesn't really mean anything. It just means you've put more time into it. So you'll see people like level like 78 or level 9, you know, 90, you know. And that just means, oh, they've put a lot of time in it. it doesn't necessarily mean they're awesome at the game. It just means they've, they've played it a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually prestige, like in the old Call of Duty games in it, and what it'll do is it'll put a little asterisk next to your next to your uh, your number. Uh, it What's interesting is I run into people that have 99 with an asterisk, meaning that they've got to 99, Prestige started over at zero and went all the way back to 99 again. Wow. Um, the um, ranked yeah, the ranked modes, however, and in the first game there was just one rank for all of the competitive that they added in. Uh, in this one, each of the competitive modes has its own rank. And they go from um, C minus to C to c plus then b minus b b plus then a minus a a plus then s and if you get to the s rank that goes all the way up to 99 and if you can get past all of that you can enter the x rank and the x rank is really the realm of the of the top you know competitive style players and those are actually measured like in the thousands and they have different ranges and uh, you can look at, uh, for those who are interested in it, you can look at guys on uh, YouTube like uh, that SRB2 dude, who's this fascinating uh, young man from uh, Great Britain. I believe it's Great Britain. Hmm. I could be wrong, but uh, I believe it's he's um, British and uh, he's one of the top, your players in europe um there's another young man out of uh germany who goes by Wadsom. also does some uh, interesting youtube work and they're both on twitch um you'd be surprised how many people out of europe are big splatoon top guys um <laughs> the uh north america you know we have you know fairly sizable fan base for it and there are competitive teams here but um europe and japan are are probably the the top two regions for the game right now Hmm. um but no matter where you look if you look at competitive splatoon it gets pretty crazy and pretty cutthroat um and i find it a lot more fun than some of the stuff that you know you typically see you know because you know the call of duties i mean not to bag on people who like it but it's you know with uh, some of the business decisions Activision's made with that. You know, I've had... I fell out of that way back at, like, World at War, which is... I mean, the Wii was out for that, so... (laughs) That's way back (laughs) at this point. So I, I have... I haven't had an interest in that franchise since then. I haven't had an interest in EA's side, like Battlefield. I think Battlefield 3 was the last one I bought and played at any considerable amount of hours.
0: Um. So with comp- competitive play is something that I kind of wanted to pick your brain on too um, as we get into this. Tonight it's no secret we're going to be talking about Street Fighter 2, aka Street Fighter 2 The World Warrior. If you're listening and you're confused about which version of Street Fighter 2 that is, don't worry. Uh, we did a little bit of research and <laughs> we'll We'll break down the various versions. Um, I have no idea if the list that I came up with is exhaustive or not, but hey, we'll do it, we'll do our darndest. Uh Street Fighter 2 was released in arcades in 1991 and ported to the SNES and Super Famicom in nineteen ninety two, developed and published, of course, by Capcom. Uh Street Fighter 2 is one of those games that everybody's heard of for good reason. Uh, it's, it was the best-selling title since the golden age of arcades. Uh, it earned $2.3 billion within four years of release. More than 25 million people in the U.S. played it by 1994. Adjusted for inflation, all versions of Street Fighter II put together exceed $10 billion in revenue making it one of the highest grossing games of all time. And the Super Nintendo port was Capcom's best selling game on a single platform.
2: It um, and moreover, I mean, uh, most people don't realize, but street fighter two on Super Nintendo is a big, you know, a major reason why, um, the Super Nintendo was able to catch up to the Genesis so fast in terms of, um, console sales. Um, because people are like, Oh, there's a home version and we got to play, you know, even, even I remember in high school, even some kids who had the Genesis, you know,
0: mm-hmm. were you a Genesis kid or a super Nintendo kid then?
2: Um, we ended up with super Nintendo. It wasn't, and it wasn't that I was like some anti Genesis.
0: <laughs> you didn't get caught up in the console war. Yeah. I
2: mean, we all did a little bit. Yeah. Um, I didn't like completely bag on people because here's like when the Genesis was around. I'll never forget um, one of the gaming magazines um, actually had like an event at our mall. Actually, that happened twice. Um, different magazines both times. Uh, but the people that were putting out, I believe it was, uh, want to say GamePro at the time. They had like a, a comics magazine and because they were the same people, they were they were hosted the thing on our mall in our mall, did a, like a, a Sega Genesis like launch craziness thing. And I remember, you know, playing Altered Beast on the thing and just being like, Whoa, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> Altered Beast. And which is so it's ironic too that you, you mentioned the Super Nintendo port helped the Super Nintendo catch up with the Genesis. And the Genesis also started then with a lot of these arcade ports. um, Because, of course, Altered Beast was just that.
2: Well, I mean, that was the cool thing with the Genesis when it first came out. It was, you know, you you could finally play pretty accurate versions of these great Sega arcade caps. Mm -hmm. And that's why I kind of say, you know, I know some people got caught up in the, the console wars of the '90s, because because of it. But if you were like a teenager back then, like I was, or, or about to be a teenager, um, you know, you were already used to going to arcades and playing these great Sega games in the arcade, and, and wishing the home versions could be half as as good.
0: Yeah. Um. Definitely. Definitely.
2: As. as big a commodore fan as i was and as great as the c64 ports of a lot of these games were they you know still wasn't the same thing so genesis was like the first time you uh you know you were like wow look at this uh you know I like could play golden axe and it's almost like the arcade and, and i could play altered beast or i could play afterburner or i could play outrun and it's gonna look like the arcade machine so
0: that's huge I,
2: so i was never like a big like completely hate on the genesis i always thought it was awesome um mm-hmm. uh, but um uh, 89 we got an nes uh-huh. <laughs> finally uh, <laughs> we are late to the party there a uh, couple of years later super nintendo comes out and we got we got one of those and once i played like super mario world i was like oh Sorry, I'm sorry, Sonic the Hedgehog. Super Mario <laughs> was just <a> better <laughs> game. I'm sorry, you know. Um, but I mean, I you know, going through high school, that was the thing. Even then, was you would, you know, Genesis, you know, was still doing really well, and Nintendo, Super Nintendo was doing really well, and there were great games on both, and you really couldn't. Bag, uh, you you might have had a preference, mm-hmm. you know. Some some kids might have said, "No, I I have more fun playing the Genesis." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, we all still went to each other's houses, yeah. You know, and you you go to a, it's like the you'd be the Nintendo kid and go to the Sega kid's house, and you'd still have a swell
0: time. Yeah, they called it the console wars, but nobody died. It was it was you know pretty, <laughs> yeah.
2: exactly. Yeah. It's you know I think you know and. People forget, like, uh, you know, the same kind of thing when I was a little, little kid, you know. We, you know, uh, I, I had a 2600. There were kids in my kindergarten and nursery school, and um, well, I said that in reverse, but nursery school and kindergarten and even elementary school that, you know, they had the Intellivision, you know, or you had that, that one really rich kid that had the Kalihu vision, <laughs> 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 you know. And uh, it was the same kind of thing. And I remember, I think the NES came out. It's like when the NES came out. It wasn't like just an overnight thing. It was like there was like that lull. Um, and again, that's where I mean, you didn't realize it was happening as a kid mm. with the, with the crash and stuff. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't really notice it. But yeah,
0: um, I didn't. I was like two or three so <laughs> i didn't but everything
2: but but people are like oh you know rich why are you such the, this big commodore nerd and it's like yeah you know, it's like you don't realize that that's where the industry went you know when 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 the atari and the television and ColecoVision and all those all the clones of those and and all the all the johnny come lately's when they all crashed and burned you know video games didn't die they've the computer hmm. and uh, I mean and you know there was that's what that break is you know you know, um, and that's also part of why you've had some of that that uh that pc culture that would happen where and I don't mean political correctness I mean personal computer Yeah <laughs> personal
0: computer culture where you had
2: <laughs> where you had some some people who they went to the Commodore and in, in atari and in ibm and apple stuff and they stayed there because there were just deep you know experiences especially with, especially with the, especially a lot of the kids who uh were way into the role playing games mm-hmm. um you know i you know i knew there were always a couple you know and uh you know they would be like you know I'd be in like sixth grade, and some kid would be all excited about Final Fantasy, you know. And, you know, they would get like a little snobby. You'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's it's uh, that's kid stuff, man. Try playing Ultima. Try playing, you know, these TSR D and D games. You know, <laughs>
0: the
2: real, the real stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>, try <laughs> real, you know, try playing wizardry. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> I think a little bit of that, um it was kind of existed in the arcade scene too. Yeah. I was 6 when uh Street Fighter 2 came out. So I was not like super adept at video games. I would spend a quarter on the game and die cuz I'm just mashing buttons. But if there were older kids there that I thought were so cool, you know, like 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds, oh wow. Like I they could just destroy.
2: You know, Street Fighter 2, that was like one of the that was one of the games where, you know, um, everybody, even like people who weren't very good at it, everybody, everybody played that game. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you would get out of you would get out of high school, and you know your family might be like, oh, we're you know, we're just gonna go stop at the at the mall because you know back in the day, you know it's not like it is now. I mean the, the mall actually was actually a hopping spot there's stuff to do there yeah and um you know so you'd go to the mall and you'd have you know whatever i didn't have a job then so i i basically would either do chores or you know mow someone else's lawn or rake someone else's leaves in the neighborhood and make a few bucks and uh you know, because it's like 91 still. So I was like, like you know, 12, 13, getting, you know, middle junior high school, get, about to go into high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so, you know, you would go with your, you know, you'd go with your $10 or $20 you saved up. You, you know, you'd have that. You'd go to the, the mall one night and people you went to school with were there in the timeout. And you went over there and you got your court yeah you, know, you got your tokens ready and you went up and um you know that was just a game everybody was into
0: mm-hmm. it had a kind of like mass appeal and it, it seemed it, like
2: it did and the thing was there were like a, many many times where you'd go to the ball like all right I'm gonna play some Street Fighter 2 and you would never get on the machine. Uh, there were or a lot of times, you know, I became like a, an SNK fan because you could never get on Street Fighter 2, hmm. but Fatal Fury was over there buried in the back as if they were embarrassed to say it was there.
0: Yeah. Did you have to line your quarters up? Uh, did you ever do that? Yeah.
2: You absolutely did. Yeah. and um, I never
0: did that. I was always worried somebody would take my quarter.
2: No, no. I mean, that <laughs> happens sometimes. Yeah. That happens sometimes, but you that's what you had to do. You had to put your quarter up and you know, there would always be that one kid who would be like, Oh, I saw rich put it up. He's up next, you know, this one or that one. And there'd be just that huge crowd around that, that
0: machine. So this is the first, uh, time that you played street fighter two was at this mall.
2: Oh yeah. Okay. I went, went, to my local mall. We had, we were lucky. We had a time out in there,
0: a uh, fairly
2: sizable one, not, Not like a gargantuan arcade or anything by any means, but, you know, a big enough space where, you know, it's like going into like the McDonald's. If you've ever had like seen like a mall McDonald's where, you know, there's maybe room for two or three like chairs Mm -hmm. (laughs) at a table, you know, but it's like that space, but no counter or anything. It's all just literally just arcade machines except the back wall where they would have like the, the ski ball and the basketball hoop things that Mm -hmm. nobody played. Yeah. Um, but like, (laughs) but you go in there and I tell you, it was almost, it was, you know, that, that mall was, that mall's timeout was funny because man, it was like when, when they first opened that mall in 1986 and you went into that arcade, you know, they had your classics, you had your, your galaga and your, your miss pac-man and you had you know um you know games of the uh, donkey kong games of that era mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and by the time street fighter came out it was you know a handful of, handful of beat ups so you had double dragon i remember final fight being pretty big there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know you they had the uh the Konami Crime Fighters four-player machine. They had like the Turtles machine, the Simpsons machine.
0: Oh yeah, the good stuff. You know, mm-hmm.
2: but like the other half of the arcade was almost entirely fighting games. I like by the time I got out of high school, I they think I think it was like seventy-five percent are like fighting
0: games. Wow, fighting the fighting game explosion,
2: and a couple of or a couple of like the you know arcade racers where they you know were sculpted out to have seats and stuff like you know so they had like a a super hang-on and they had like you know games of that ilk but there were like two Hmm. you know but everything else was like fighting you Hmm. um and i think that actually started to hurt the arcade long term because while having all these people want to go in and get competitive and go when i want you start alienating people who like man i just want to go and throw in some some pinball or i just want to go and you know yeah there's go in and, and play some raiden or something you
0: know there's there's something there um so and this kind of ties into what you were talking about earlier with splatoon so something interesting that i read about splatoon uh and i'll bring this back to street fighter i promise <laughs> is um splatoon i read an article that was stating how nintendo essentially. Um, equalized the playing field with Splatoon um, by creating a a highly accessible, um, but still competitive shooter. And with fighting games, one of the problems that I remember this fighting game explosion when you had, you know, all these different Street Fighter clones, and you had uh, Primal Rage was a, a, one that I really got into. Killer Instinct know, um, yeah, Killer Instinct. Oh mortal yeah, combat. Mortal Kombat, Insane, Darkstalkers. Uh, it was everywhere. But the issue was um, there was this huge amount of skill that was required per game uh, if there was a fighting game. So it could get really competitive, and it could be intimidating in that regard. Like I said, I was younger at the time, so uh, I remember Street Fighter Two. Vaguely in the bigger arcades that we had, we had, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, Showbiz, Tilt, Fun Factory. But the first time I played Street Fighter 2 for myself was in a little old laundromat right in the middle of my little old town. And I remember it being really just kind of musty in there and warm, and there's dust everywhere. I would watch uh, Batman the animated series on the TV while it was on. But in the corner, in the far back, I discovered that one cabinet that nobody was playing, and it was Street Fighter 2. And so me and my brother would, would play until we ran out of a couple quarters that we bummed off my mom. And <clears throat> it, it was such a lovable game. But it was nice to be able to play it without all of that competitive scene. But at the same time, it's nice that that competitive scene was there. I'm sure that was really fun. I was just too young for it.
2: Yeah, and um, I mean, um, and if and for those listening who don't know about him already, the, the five of you who don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a really small dude on uh, on uh, YouTube, Maximilian dude, who came up in that scene, and um, him and, and he, you know, he gets a test to you in his real talk videos that he does. You know, back then you really did you're, you know, everything was on the line. It's not like now when you you buy a game you you just go home and you know you you can uh, you know you just play it and whatever you know you win lose whatever you know back then you know you you know you put that quarter up and it was your quarter on the line it was um, a little bit of your pride on the
0: line yeah your your social standing
2: and the way that that the, the way that those games work man was. You, if you won you kept you kept getting to play. Hmm. you know you, you lost you get back, you go all the way back to the beginning of the line you know hmm. And I, as like I was saying earlier, there was that big massive crowd around that machine of, of high school kids. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's what it was. You didn't want you didn't want to lose because you want you know even if you didn't even if you weren't like a super like I'm gonna be the best in the world and I want to win and beat everybody. You know and you weren't like that you still didn't want to lose because you wanted to have fun and keep playing it you yeah. weren't going to be able to if you lost you, you're going to go back behind i mean my town i mean my graduating class was almost 800 kids
0: oh your arcades and, were slammed then yeah <laughs> so
2: you're you're talking probably 50 kids after school oh we're gonna go to the mall and play street fighter hmm. it's just like you get to the mall no you ain't playing street fighter that's what i said you know you you had you you were stuck in the back playing pit fighter you know (laughs) you don't get to play street fighter you get to play pit fighter i I actually told that story to uh, daniel piscina at uh at a retro world expo last year um for you know i'm i live in connecticut so um not this year's show, but last year's show. He he and uh, and um, Rich DeVizio and Anthony Marquez and a bunch of the other um, Mortal Kombat mocap actors were there, and they were really cool. If, if they ever go to a show near you, um, definitely go over and say hello. They're super down to earth, super chill dudes. But uh, yeah, he he laughed because he remembered those days too, because he'd have to go to arcades and. They'd be like, oh, we're opening an arcade, or our arcade's getting Mortal Kombat, you know, you know, and they they would, especially be in Midway, Chicago, you know, and they have that massive arcade out there, you know, so so he knows, but wow. <laughs> and he was like. It's like, hey, Pit Fighter's still fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not Street Fighter 2. It's not Street it's Fighter 2. It's not Street Fighter 2. No, it's not Mortal Kombat. I remember,
0: uh, what was the name of this? There was an arcade that I can't remember what the name of. Uh, we were lucky to have a lot of arcades in the town that I lived in. I mean, it was a small town in, in Hawaii growing up, but uh, this one arcade burned down. Uh, And everybody said it was arson. I don't know if that was true. I was still young. But anyway, I remember uh, sitting down to play Darkstalkers. This is more toward mid-90s, not early 90s. Playing Darkstalkers, and I got really good as the fish character, uh, Riku. Um, And an older teenager sat down, and he was going to play against me. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I get to actually have a human opponent. And his friend comes up, and I was like, don't play that game. That game sucks. Let's go over here. And they got on like you know one of these, like, the hyper tricked out Street Fighter versions that they had in the corner. So, <laughs> and that so that was kind of my experience. That was Street Fighter was always the top tier, and everything else was just trying to catch up to it.
2: Yeah, I mean around here, I mean Mortal Kombat was was up there. Yeah, it was definitely up there. Everybody, Probably its
0: biggest rival.
2: Yeah, everybody loved playing that too. Yeah. Um. But I remember, like, my, my one of my first um, memories of Street Fighter that really stuck out to me was there was uh, one day where I was uh, home from school sick. And I, I had, you know, so I stayed home, had to go to the doctor. Uh, we get out of the doctor and my, my mom's like, oh, we got to stop at the mall because I have to go get this thing. And then we're going to get lunch and then go home. I'm like, all right, fine. So I'm at the mall sick.
1: <laughs>
2: and, um, you know, I get a couple of quarters to, to go, you know, fart around the arcade while, while, while my mom's getting whatever it was she had to get. I don't remember. But uh, I'll never forget it. And it, people are going to think I'm making it up, but it's, it's a totally true story. There was like a, you know, like I had to be like 13, and there was this dude there looked like he's probably like 19 and totally had the terry Bogard look ponytail through the
0: hat <laughs>
2: like jean jacket vest you know the whole thing and he's playing street fighter too and this is like like a tuesday morning or something so the the, the mall's dead no one's there
1: yeah
2: so this arcade's dead he's probably the only guy in there so I just go in and politely ask him if I can play. And he goes, Yeah, sure, kid, whatever. So he he was playing a Zangith. and I go and I pick Ken who's my, my favorite character. And a round starts and I, I jump in and I, I crouch and I get in. Like in, in Street Fighter they have like in most fighting games you have what you call pokes. At the time, I didn't realize that that's what you're calling it, but it's a lot like every character will have certain moves where you can go in for like low damage, but you can you know get a few hits in with it. And if you're good at fighting games, you can then combo it, and you know that's where you get like your links and your um your links, your combos, um, uh, you know other games will have things like cancels and things at that point. But the point is I go in and I start jamming the uh you know the light kick and so I get the little little kicks in. Now, in Street Fighter 2 that this creates like a little bit of like a hit stun. So it'll actually push the other character back a little bit and you'll get like a lot of free damage. But here I am novice, you know, so <laughs> you know, I don't you know, I at this point, not really aware of a lot of advanced strategies. I'm at the level of, I can do a fireball once in a while. You know, maybe a dragon punch. And, you know, I can, you know, mix mix that up a little bit with regular moves. But I'm, I'm, no, I'm nothing special, you know. And so, he just looks at me and goes, Oh, you're one of those guys. <laughs> so... <laughs> Ends up blocking my fireball, jumps over my next fireball, gets the lariat kick into a, a spinning pile driver, and then as I'm getting up off of the the canvas, I eat the you know the the spinning clothesline and match is over. And next round he beats my ass in three moves and gets a perfect. And <laughs> that was like the. Yeah, and again, that goes back to my point of, back then in the arcades, you know, it wasn't that people were trying to be mean, but at the same time, you were you were just going to get humbled. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you went in there with a with an attitude of, I'm just going to wipe the floor with you at this game, um, you, you better have the skill to back it up, because, again, you lost. <laughs> Back to the line, back to the line of forty-six kids. <laughs> it gets
0: furious. It gets fierce. You know, the big one was Marvel uh, Marvel versus Capcom two. That was one that I got into playing competitively in the arcades. So I do know a little bit of the taste of of kids getting really intense and really competitive with it. But I appreciate a couple of these. Uh, a couple of folks shared their their first and early memories with Street Fighter 2. This is from Kaiser Sozak 09. What a groundbreaking game this was. Great memories of playing this in the arcade when I was a kid. The entire package of the game was just so beautiful. Getting it on the Super Nintendo was something that blew my mind. Being able to play an arcade at home was just amazing. And this is from Meister Thou, who said, Ah Chun-Li, one of my first video game crushes. I was eight. I remember playing the game on an arcade cabinet at a local grocery store. When my mom couldn't give me any more quarters, I cried as the game over countdown reached zero and Chun-Li turned gray. The final scream horrified me. <laughs> yeah, uh, classic. But So we've spent some time talking about the arcade version. Uh, there are, of course, multiple versions, famously, infamously, of Street Fighter II. So a question that came in from Overthinkery1, who is uh, the sometimes vaguely philosophical mage. He said, the episodes on Street Fighter 2 or Street Fighter 2 Turbo, I haven't played either, but I'm given to understand there's a difference. So there is a difference. There There's quite a few differences. Uh, I listed a couple of these. So in nineteen ninety one, Street Fighter Two: The World Warrior released uh, eight original fighters, and then uh, it was ported to the Super Nintendo.
2: And he had the uh, the cheat code for the mirror matches, or you know,
0: that's what I don't remember. I don't remember that. That
2: that blew people's minds because it was in uh, it was in uh, Nintendo Power, and it kind of took the wind out of the Sega Genesis version sales. Mm-hmm because that was one of the big advertised features was, oh, you can have Ken versus Ken, and you can have Ryu versus Ryu. Look (laughs) at something, you know, and it was like, oh, well, you can do that on the Super Nintendo. It's just you have to punch in this code when the Capcom logo is is swirling in.
0: That's hilarious. That's super endearing, like rather than just – Making that a design feature, having a, an, a code that you have to punch in at the title screen, it's such 90s design.
2: And, and you couldn't even do that in the arcade. So it's like, wow.
0: Oh, uh, that was something that the port offered then that the arcades didn't have, huh?
2: Yeah, but the uh, but the Genesis version, uh, champion the, the Special Champion Edition, you know, that one, a lot of people like all of a sudden like oh sega you know because some people didn't think they were to ever see a street fighter on, a, on a sega for a while hmm. and then when that version came out and you saw oh wow it visually it looks pretty darn close to what the super nintendo is doing you know you have to be an absolute nitpicker to <laughs> <laughs> which which we did we nitpicked oh yeah but uh you know it was almost
0: one one, you know, visually. So is that this Street Fighter Two Champion Edition? Yeah, here from
2: nineteen ninety two. Yeah, the um, they on on the Genesis, I believe they called it Special Champion Edition. Okay, I I could be I could be mistaken on that. I don't have it here in front of me, but it's in my my bin of Genesis cartridges somewhere. But um. Yeah, they call it like Special Champion Edition because it was uh, basically supposed to be like a home version of the Arcade Champion Edition. And um, yeah, and it's it's quite good. It, although you do need to get the uh, six-button Genesis pad to play it properly. Mm. Uh, and that was one of the, the, big, the big sticking points with the Genesis for a while. And that's why eventually you start seeing the Genesis start, like when they had the Model 2, and you start seeing model tubes with six button controllers because you know the fighting games you know were designed for six buttons and the, the original genesis pad only had the, the abc button so um if you only had a three button controller and uh, the home for Mortal Kombat did this too you would have to press the start button and it would change the um the functions of the ABC buttons to go from punches to kicks and vice versa. Hmm. So, I mean, and once you started getting pretty respectable at Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, you find that that was horrible because if you had combos that <laughs> required punches and kicks, you couldn't do them.
0: <laughs> you're out of luck. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, you're, you're out of luck. You, you couldn't just stop and press the start button because... By that point, the frame was over, so you could, you know, you you couldn't do it.
0: But this here says that the uh, championship edition, or the champion edition, rather, uh, made the four grandmasters playable: Balrog, Vega, uh, Sagat, and M Bison. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. That was huge. The earliest version that I remember playing must have been the original, because I remember them not being playable specifically. That's
2: right. That's right. And I mean, for a couple of couple of months, you know, you know, the Genesis version people were just like, oh well, I can play these extra four characters, so why would not, you know? And you know, and this kind of goes back to like that back and forth volley that Nintendo and Sega had back then, Mm -hmm. where you know they would just ape each other, you know. So then you had uh, Champion Edition for a while. And then they ported it. They ported a uh, Street Fighter Two Turbo to the Super Nintendo. And it was like, okay, well, you get, you can do the, you know, the champion stuff, but now you can play it faster, <laughs> turbo speed, right? And and a big reason why they uh, why they brought Turbo um, to it is because a lot of the pirates at the time in the uh, were basically taking the game and then hacking it and putting all kinds of like crazy hack job moves in there that weren't in the original code and people were were discovering them at carnivals and stuff. Oh, wow. And so Capcom's kind of, that was kind of their answer to it. It was like, okay, well play a legit, you know, Street Fighter Turbo, you know, a legit one. You know, where everything's been balanced properly. And, (laughs) you know, because you could, like, read up, and I'll admit I'm not, like, the the most 100% knowledgeable on it, but I know they had, like, I remember hearing tales of, like, oh, there's Street Fighter Rainbow Edition at my, you know, at this arcade at some place I went to, you know, some park or something, you know, and that's what a lot of them were. They were just these stolen... You know, uh, you know, pirate versions of the game with new things thrown in.
0: Wow, and I had no idea that's why the the balanced version of Turbo came out.
2: And that's kind of, uh, and I'm sure someone out there will correct me. And if I'm wrong, please do correct me, because as I say, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, pro- I know a lot, but I don't propose to, you know, know everything under the sun. But I know there were hack jobs of it and so turbo was kind of a little bit of an answer to that Mm. because they they would go okay well now now you have an actual capcom street fighter 2 turbo where you actually do play faster and like the added speed also you know on the competitive side the, the faster speed you know went and made it so that you had to be even um more timely, and you had to know stuff down to the frame, or if you wanted to do certain, be able to do certain combos, or be able to do um, certain maneuvers. You you know you had to know that frame data um, at at a top top level.
0: Hmm. So then they put out Street Fighter Two Turbo Hyper Fighting, uh, which apparently was an update to Champion Edition that included even faster gameplay speed options, new special moves, as well as more character balancing. So it seems like they kept kind of tweaking and just adding a few things.
2: And then, um, I mean, and then you had Super Street Fighter II, which I believe that was the last version that you would see on the Super Nintendo and Genesis. Mm -hmm. Um, By that point, you know, people were starting to, you know, the companies are starting to look at oh well, what's going to come down the pike next? So um, neither of those consoles, to my knowledge, ever got a, a turbo version. Um, but that's where you got like your Cami, your phalon, your, your T Hawk, and DJ, and um, that was that was probably one of the more popular home versions for me, even though that's kind of where stuff started to, to teeter a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it was just cool because I was like, oh wow, you're getting, you know, these interesting new characters that were, you know, fun to kind of use, even if even if I use Ken 90% of the time, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was uh, it was you know still kind of cool, and that was the thing for a lot of Street Fighter fans, whether you were a tournament level player or not you were like oh i want a complete roster you know Mm -hmm. and so uh while some while street fighter 2 turbo did some some things arguably better um a lot of people liked super street fighter 2 just because they felt like oh getting every character now um and then like turbo you could uh have Kuma in it too and that kind of was born out of the EGM April Fools' joke.
0: Right? Whoa, 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 whoa! The April Fools' joke? Now I don't know anything about this.
2: Okay. Um, well, back in the day, Electronic Gaming Monthly, they used to have um, for April Fools' every year they would do like a, a just a fake factoid, uh, and uh, they would try to get they would try to catch as many. Um, readers as possible with it by coming up with a with a joke that sounded like it could possibly be real mm-hmm. and so the one that they always uh did or shouldn't say always did but famously did i should say was uh you know in street fighter 2 you know one of the um when you lose to ryu you know one of the famous uh, lines in there of speech is he'll say you know you must defeat you must defeat my Sheng Long to uh to stand a chance or something of that nature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so um you know people thought oh that's like his that's like the dude that trained him man Isn't that right right that's the dude that trained him so um uh, which it wasn't but that's you know what people their minds kind of win mm-hmm. and so egm put a thing out saying hey if you can if you can get on street fighter 2 if you can clear the whole game using no continues <laughs> and uh it was something like no continues uh no don't lose any rounds <laughs> so i'll basically get all the way to the end, end of the game Get at least two perfects, and uh, you know. And I'm again, someone will correct me because I I don't have every detail right. But the thing is, if you did this impossible task of basically beating the game without taking a hit, (laughs) (laughs) you know, on the on the hardest possible difficulty (laughs) setting at the arcade, you would get to you know, you would get to see you know Shang Long. And so super street fighter two turbo kind of made that, you know, kind of made that happen.
0: And super street fighter two turbo. Oh, it's the, uh, it's the jump, right? So it, it's, it's taking the, the series from the 16 bit era now to the 3d era. Cause it says you got dreamcast PlayStation, Sega Saturn.
2: Um, in a way. Yes. Um, but, uh, super street fighter two turbo, uh, At least domestically here in the states i don't recall seeing it really come out on anything except for maybe
0: the 3do okay
2: um and uh and game tech did uh did a limited release of on the pc of
0: it okay so it was mostly arcades out here
2: yeah um that was those were the only two versions i think i ever recall ever seeing in a store um and In both cases, I think it was like once. I know, um, I know, in Japan they did have it on the Dreamcast, Mm -hmm. um, but um, stateside I don't ever remember seeing it. I mean, and again, someone can correct me. I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm looking it up right (laughs) now,
0: and um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, PlayStation One would be the obvious big console that it would come to if it came at all. I, I would imagine. In yeah, States, I mean I, I believe on
2: the, I I believe might have been on the the PS1 did have the Street Fighter collection. Right. Yeah. Right. So it might have been on that. Maybe. But um
0: you know what we did get Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, which was uh, <laughs> a pretty charming little game, definitely not Street Fighter, but a Street Fighter spin-off. I just love that Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Has two in it, but there's no Super Puzzle Fighter One Turbo. It's just beautiful, beautiful marketing.
2: That that was a fun game. That, that was a fun game. I I remember playing the Windows. For-
0: you can get it. Um, I've got it. Uh, digital on PS3. That's where you can get it. Uh, the PSN store there.
2: According to Wikipedia, uh, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo was the arcade cab on the amiga computers which i'm sure was a horrible version <laughs> the pc the pc dos version which uh again i remember i do remember seeing that i believe game tech published that yeah the 3do version uh, yeah and then dreamcast which i believe was japanese um oh i forgot it was on the the game boy advance years later i forgot about
0: <laughs> that kind of a strange port yeah
2: but the but and it, I can't believe I forgot it because I actually have that version, and it's actually a really good version of uh, Street Fighter Two, oh, huh. um, and it was on the Saturn and P- PlayStation. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, we covered all the the bases there. But I only ever remember seeing the the uh, other than the Game Boy version, which advanced version, which was years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I you know initially, yeah, the 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 PC DOS and the uh And the uh, 3DO were the only ones I ever saw in store. So
0: So then arcades would have been the prime place to encounter that game. It says it adds super combos. um, And then in 2003, you get Hyper Street Fighter 2, the anniversary edition, uh, which adds the ability to choose the edition of the selected fighter.
2: Right. And that was, I believe... uh... P.S. I went. That was on uh, what PlayStation Two
0: and I think Xbox. Sounds about right for the era.
2: And um, the interesting thing with that was was yeah, you could be like, well, I want to use Sagat from Vanilla Street Fighter Two, just the original World Warrior release. And you go, okay, cool. And then you could play World Warrior Sagat against Super Turbo Ken. <laughs> Um, you know, which I'd imagine at a competitive level completely like gets like bonkers in terms of, you know, balance.
0: Oh yeah. That's a, that's, that's a gimmicky version anyway. Hyper Street Fighter 2 Anniversary Edition. Um, there's a, did you play this Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD remix? I remember when they released that in, uh,
2: 2008. Yeah. um, I actually never did mm-hmm. because I didn't have the uh the consoles they appeared okay. on um so I never really got into it um i do i do know a few people um um you know complained about some of like the net code with it mm-hmm. um but
0: it was redrawn in it I mean it looks gorgeous, yeah, they had
2: uh i believe it was udon did it, and yeah they redrew everything
0: yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful game, uh, visually speaking. So,
2: and then, um, you know, they had, you know, most recently the Ultra version on the Switch, <laughs> which, which has both graphics styles in it. And that I actually have, and, and it's a fun
0: game. And that's the, uh, Ultra Street Fighter II The Final Challengers.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, you have, uh, the thing that, um, some of the competitive crowd don't like about it, and I can I can totally see why. Is they said, oh well, we'll put evil Ryu in it, we'll put violent Ken in it, and it we'll put a, a an extra super secret um Akuma in it. There's like an alternate Akuma in it too, with like a arcade style code where you, you put the cursor on different characters until in in a certain sequence, and then you can unlock them and use them um i forget what it was because i haven't i haven't played it in a while um but they're crazy overpowered i mean they're to try to balance it out a little bit they're they're weak in that you know you get a good combo they're going to be almost dead Mm. but they're just so ridiculously overpowered that uh it's just
0: stupid. <laughs> so kind of glass hammer. Well, it sounds like they just gave up on balancing these games. Yeah, and
2: and and they're really they really are just there to kind of be stupid and goof around. Yeah. With. I mean, the rest of the roster is pretty well um, is pretty well matched up. I mean, there's nothing's ever going to be a hundred and ten percent balanced. Right. 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 But. But with those, they're just like, they're just broken. It's just, they're, they're crazy broken. <laughs> the, the, the stuff you can, you know.
0: So that answers, uh, this question by Lodestar Valor, uh, who asked, just out of curiosity, did you ever play Ultra Street Fighter 2 Final Challengers on Switch?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a fun game. I, I recommend picking it up. The netcode in it honestly isn't even, I mean, it's not great, but it's, it's not bad. It's definitely playable online. But, uh, it's something that, you know, if, if you if if you're like, gonna bring it to like, over to the home of, friends who are like hyper competitive, uh, Street Fighter players, you're you're not gonna want to use the uh, the alternate Kens Ryu and the alternate the alternate Shodos basically you're not gonna want to use, <laughs> because they are ridiculously overpowered and crazy. Um, I mean, granted, if if, if, uh, if they're all, like, really, really good at the game and you're kind of just average and you go ahead and say, well, I don't care about your rules, I'm going to use Violent Ken anyway, um, you know, they'll still probably beat you, <laughs> but but um, it, it's still going to be, like, ridiculously, like, crazy. Yeah. Um, Again, I, I know I mentioned them earlier, but if you go to uh, Maximilian Dude on on YouTube and and you can find old videos he's done of the game, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, it's just like they're they're just crazy stupid. But yeah, that said, I, I still recommend picking it up. It's a fun game. <laughs> um, you you might competitively you might still prefer uh Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, which for a lot of people is considered like one of the faves, the super street fighter two turbo or street fighter two turbo or uh, championship. Those are like the three street fighter twos. You'll see a lot of the uh, longtime players consistently go to.
0: Yeah. This question here from backlog odyssey uh, of the gazillions of renditions of street fighter two, which is objectively the best. And can you tell the difference? Uh, so you're kind of talking here about the it, mostly the turbos. It sounds like Super Street Fighter Turbo. Yeah, I
2: would say Super Street Fighter Two Turbo, and regular Street Fighter Two Turbo, and also the, the Street Fighter Champion. Um, if you talk to people who, because I'm not a competitive player. Um, I mean, I like to win, but I'm I'm by no means, you know, tournament grade player. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Um, those are like the three versions that you're gonna see come up again and again and again. Mm. Um, you know, my buddy Aldo Harahuru, I can never pronounce his last name, right? But uh, if you uh, if you like go on Twitter and uh, find him as Shinbo Jack, he is a lover of Street Fighter II and basically fighting games in general. And uh, he is actually Oh, a wealth of, uh, fighting game knowledge. Hmm. Um, so, if you want somebody who's not, like, a, a big-time internet celebrity <laughs> to help you out with, with stuff, he, he is very good. Um, played, played some Street Fighter against him in, uh, this year's Retro World and lost every game. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, but he... He really is. He, I, I can't say enough uh, good stuff about Aldo when it comes to uh, fighting games. He's very good. Also, my um, buddy Paul who does Retro Gaming Arts where he shows you how to mod consoles on YouTube. He's also a very good uh, fighting game player. Uh, and then, of course, like I said again, Maximilian dude breaks a lot of this stuff down excellently. So um, I would definitely check out his channel. And, and I, I'd He's not paying me. He doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. Just saying, he's he's really good at at uh, at talking fighting games. <laughs> um, so,
0: and it's it's interesting to hear that uh, the competitive scene is kind of still going. Uh, there's a statement here, uh, question, comment from Ludicrous Dave. Uh, that's D three V ve I remember all the nights I spent practicing combos back in the day. Anyway, how about thoughts on the longevity of Street Fighter 2, such as how there are still super turbo side tourneys at majors like EVO, or how there was an actual new version in 2017. It kind of hinges on everything that we're talking about, but it's, it's interesting that there's people still playing this game competitively.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it goes back to that uh, there, there's a little bit of that old adage, less is more. Um, Very true. Because it has, because it has just the right amount of, of uh, has just right, just the right amount of technicality where a, a tournament grade player is going to, you know, go in and try to find every last little bit of, you know, um, frame data they can. They're gonna try to master zoning. They, you know, it's got your zoning, it's got your uh, your specials, it's got your advanced strategies. But it's also not so over the top complicated that, you know, somebody can't, you know, coming off the street and playing it for the first time can't at least pick up some of the fundamentals. And you also have to factor in that, in many ways, it's the game that most of the contemporary fighting games you have now are built off of. You know, they, they all take, you know, those uh, fundamental things in Street Fighter 2 not all of it, mind you, mm-hmm. but a lot of it. A lot of it you can carry with you into other games. Not maybe not the, uh, you know, actual special moves themselves, but just the fundamentals of knowing about zoning, knowing about looking f- for openings.
0: Well, I remember getting into fighting games and realizing how universal the uh, quarter circle punch Hadouken move is. I was just like, oh, this is everywhere. I can do this in, like, any game.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was very influential. And you've got to remember, too, that you know, some of the people worked on the original Street Fighter 1. Well, it wasn't a, a, a perfect game by any means, and a lot of the times it's like, you know laughable in some respects, but um, a lot of the people that worked on Street Fighter 2 also worked on Street Fighter 1 and took what they learned and put that into that game. And a lot of the people who worked on that game left Capcom and went to SNK. So Fatal Fury, in many ways, is based off of Street Fighter mm-hmm. 1. Um, so it's not really a, you know, the, the, the rip-off people might think at face value because you actually had some of the same people at Capcom doing Street Fighter 2 you know, did Street Fighter 1, the same of pe- the SNK people used to work at Capcom on SF1. So, you know, they came to a lot of the same conclusions because they both started from the same place. Mm-hmm. But, um, but like I was saying, you know, it's not just the, the moves. It's a lot of it is just the fundamentals of, of a traditional fighting game where of kind of came from Street Fighter and Street Fighter 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, to a lesser extent, you could go further back to, like, the the Karate Champs and World Karate Championships, of, you know, you know that were around even before Street Fighter One. But in the in the grander scheme of uh, grander scheme of things, in uh, in terms of, of modern fighting games, you know, everything from Virtua Fighter to Guilty Gear to Blaze Blue to um, God, you know. You know, even some of the dragon Ball games, you know a, a lot of the fundamentals go back to to that street Fighter 2. you know cross ups, you know getting <laughs> you know uh, you know like the, the cross up is a big one like um when you would go for like that jump kick and the way the frame would hit just so so that when you hit the guy and landed, he was still facing away from you so if you were coming from the left. He wouldn't turn around if you hit him just right. You would you would hit him and then you would turn around and then before he could even turn around you were doing the next move. <laughs> um you know. So like cross ups, I mean that came from Street Fighter yeah, too. Yeah. You know, so there was a lot of that stuff. And um you know, and I think that that's really you know why it's so universally loved and still played today because You know, all the stuff that are in games you like now is still in that game. And people can still go back to it. And it's, again, not overly complicated stuff. You know, so people who are new to fighting games can appreciate it still, you know, 20-some-odd years later. Um, People who have been playing fighting games forever and, you know, love playing the new ones. You know, can still be like, well, I'm gonna put down Street Fighter Five and go back and play Street Fighter Two, or I'm gonna put down Tekken and go back to Street Fighter Two. You know, even though they're very, even within Street Fighter, the different Street Fighter games are still very different, but they have that same core. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's just a, it's just a very good balance of, you know, s- stuff where anybody could pick it up and get the the core concept, mm-hmm. but. You know, the people want to really sit and study it and learn every last, you know, thing about it. They they can get really into it mm-hmm. too.
0: And there's a second part of uh, backlog odyssey's question here about uh, the re-releases, and also uh, retro game brews made an interesting question here about the uh, re-releases as well. Uh, if you were to re-release a new Ultra Turbo version of the game, what additive word would you slap on the title? <laughs> There's Super and Turbo and Hyper and Ultra. I don't I don't even know. Universal Edition.
2: I mean, I I would probably have to borrow a phrase from from uh, Mark Bustler of Classic Game Room. <laughs> I'd, I was like, I would leave all the other things. would be like Ultra, Hyper, Turbo, EX, and then I would be like EDF edition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe throw a Truxton in there yeah. too.
0: Briffits and Quimps at the end, yeah. Uh, so, and then Retro Game Brews asked, would you prefer what Capcom did with releasing so many versions or modern day practices of updating games, i.e. DLC? Cause it, it's kind of like, it seems somewhat like patches and DLC adding new characters, except they just created new games.
2: The problem with it is, I mean, I, on the one hand you go, okay, Capcom looks at, looked at what they did in the, in the 16 bit era. And they said, okay, well each time we did this, we released it as a whole new game. So, you know, it's world warrior, $60. Um, Champion Edition $60 Turbo another $60 and they did it that way and At least when they first started Street Fighter 5, which is a couple of years old now already um, When they first started doing that they were like, oh, we're not going to do that anymore You know, we're gonna just have these characters that you can grind and unlock or you can you know pay us for them um, You know and you might go, okay, well that that sounds cool but the thing of it was the business side was like, oh well we want an obscene amount of money per character. And then on top of that, they over time started making the grind to get the characters like more and more impossible. Like when the game first came out, you were like, Oh, okay, if I play everyone's like quick little arcade ladders, you know, by the end of that I could maybe get a character. You know, and then through patches that changed and got harder. And your grind was way harder so that it would incentivize you to go spend money on on the thing on the other characters which I mean granted other companies are doing that too but if you go uh, like up on Steam and you look at you know what it costs per character and then you compare that to some of the other fighting games out there um, you know it's no secret why the why all but the hardest of the hardcore Street Fighter five fan um moved on to other games hmm. or, or you know because you know it was stupid it was, <laughs> yeah it, you know, and a lot of people felt burned by that, and I think that's why you know, they finally you know they first they did they said, okay, well, now we'll do the arcade edition, and then now instead of making you do them all individual'. We'll, would do these DLC packs where you get the characters all bundled together, but even then, it it's like kind of like people look and go, "Really, it's kind of expensive." Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the only game that's more expensive might have been might have been the the maybe Tekken.
0: Hmm. So, a pretty informed answer then, based on current practices.
2: Yeah, and so I mean. I mean, you can even look at Smash. Now I know I can already hear some people going, that Smash isn't in the same league," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you look at like what Nintendo did, you know, and they're just like, "Oh, pay us twenty-five bucks, and for the next like year and a half, all this, you know, all the characters that we that we come up with, you can just have them. You just got to give it, mm-hmm. you know." And yeah, it's still, but and now they're doing a second Fire Pass. And so yeah, you might go okay, yeah, but by the end, you know, Smash Ultimate's still costing you a hundred and ten dollars. Oh. But the, the point is the way they went about it, you don't feel
0: like, so, like
2: yeah. you're getting raked over the coals. Yeah. You, you feel like up front you know what you're right. getting. And I think that's the, the the problem with what Capcom did with with Street Fighter V. They botched that so mm. bad. Mm. And you know that's why next year they're doing the the Street Fighter V champion edition. You know, where now they're like, okay, all right, fine. You have all the characters, all the stuff. <laughs> you know, they did that trailer where you saw Gil, the boss from Street Fighter mm-hmm. Three. I, if, if you haven't seen it yet, go, go check it out. It's pretty neat. You know, but they're like, hey, hey, you know, 30 bucks, you get everything now. You know, and... Maybe that'll work out better for him. You know, but then the thing there with for me is is I go, okay, well, does that mean Street Fighter Six is on the horizon now? Mm. And I'm just gonna buy this game and then Street Fighter Six is gonna come out and with the way they kinda you know, didn't really do Street Fighter Five properly from on the on, you know and I, I I know they're they're worse games that did it even worse than street fighter 5 but you know the to the to the av- average person and you know make no mistake for the for these kinds of, of fighting games you still need the average person mm-hmm. and you know you look at like even what nether did with with the mortal kombat games you know they they did the extra characters and and patches in, in the dlc they did a better job with it people felt like okay it still sucks. I'm paying, you know, far and above the the initial cost of the game to have a complete roster in it. But again, it it just felt like there was a plan. They knew what they were getting, and and, and Capcom didn't really communicate anything with Street Fighter V properly, with the uh, with the way they did the, the fighting extra characters and stuff. So I almost I almost would have rather they went did what they did with Street Fighter Four hmm. <laughs> and and said, Oh well here's a budget price suit no, sequel you know, where you're basically it's the same game with the extra stuff in it up to this point for a budget price. I think that worked out way better. Hmm. You know, by by the final version of Street Fighter Four, I mean you didn't really have to move to it unless you were just like a, a fan who wanted every you know, of every character and in the final revision, you know, but, um, it just worked out better, I mm. think.
0: Well, you, you brought up, uh, Mortal Kombat, uh, and so we got a question here from Crits McCrits. <laughs> Should be an easy answer. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? There's only one right answer, he says.
2: <laughs> and the right, the right answer is the commercial with the little girl from like, fifteen years ago. Why can't we have both? <laughs> and everyone raises her up on the shoulder.
0: I I don't remember that commercial. <laughs>
2: That's the correct in, in fact that became a meme. That became a meme. You you will find that in uh in message boards all over the internet where where someone like like choose between this and they'll post like the little anime gif of the girl. Why don't we have both? <laughs> and then you see like the whole like village of people raising her on on their shoulder, right? It was it was a grocery item. I forget what it'll come to me after like
0: Yeah, in the middle of the night. Well did you have a preference for either either or? Um
2: personal preference. Um I I always veered more towards Street uh-huh. Fighter. Um uh, mainly because mainly because as especially back in the classic days, there was uh more depth when it came to the actual fighting. Um uh, Mortal Kombat was very good, very fun, but when you uh, when you broke it down, a lot of the Mortal Kombat moves, especially in, in the first game, especially, um, you know, everybody had, for the most part, the same basic thing. You had like, okay, we all have the same uppercut of doom. Mm-hmm. We all have the same, you know, foot sweep that we can cheese the
1: computer yeah. with. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and then and then we have our moves. Which are cool, and the moves did set up combinations, you know. So that's not to say there was no depth in it, because there certainly was, but uh, not at the same level. And I found that, you know, uh, Street Fighter, when you when you played it for a long period of time, there there was more under the hood going on. Uh, Mortal Kombat improved, you know, improved over the years. Um, I think, you know, probably. For me, the best one was probably the second one.
0: Yeah, the third I, I think one they most added people like would probably the, say the second one too. The, the, the,
2: the third one, the third one, they kind of tried to because every his combos became like almost like a marketing buzz term at the time, and so like a lot of the games were trying to go big on oh how many hit combos can mm-hmm. we do, and so Mortal Kombat did that run button edition. It's like oh now we can have to run in. And then you had, like, your dial of combos where it was like, oh, right, if you can press it fast enough, you can do the thing. Um, And, you know, Street Fighter, you know, always felt more, I guess, organic would be more the word, more so than depth, because both franchises certainly had their share of depth, but uh, the Street Fighter stuff just felt more organic. Like, you could just, on your own, you know, chain these moves together, or figure... New strategies out on your own, where Mortal Kombat, a lot of it felt more free to turn. Yeah,
0: that that sounds about right.
2: And again, that's just to me. I I, I can already. It's The internet. I can already hear. <laughs> ah, let hear them the whine about it.
0: Let them. The let thousands them write, of keyboards. Tweet you know, at
2: you, <laughs> and and they will. You were wrong about this. You were wrong <laughs> about this. But um,
0: here's the interesting: if they're going to say you're wrong, they have to furnish their own arguments. I think you put forward your own, and that's fine.
2: If they, if you know, and I will happily, I will happily concede if if they go. I have evidence. See, I got it right here. You're wrong because of this. You know, <laughs> okay. Again, I don't, I don't per- You know, I don't go out and say that I'm, I'm the most knowledgeable fighting game guy in the yeah. world. Yeah, no bad. just Just, uh, but that's just you know. That's yeah, my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> My opinion is Street Fighter feels more organic,
0: <laughs> and I'll say I think that opinion is informed. So we'll go. That we'll say that. Here's a question from indent invalid. Been waiting for this one to pop up. Red, I know you say you aren't great at fighters, which I have gone on record of saying on this show. Uh, but how much did you play Street Fighter Two? Could you school any of your friends? And who is your favorite fighter? including up to super. Also, were you better with a stick, if arcade, or pad? So we'll get into favorite characters here in a bit. Um, I could not really school anybody, uh, except for maybe my younger brother on Street Fighter II. Um, We had to wait until games like Primal Rage and uh, Darkstalkers and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 came out. Then I could start really schooling people, but... I never got amazing at Street Fighter 2. Preparing for this podcast, actually, I played my kid brother, um, 15 years younger than me, so he was not alive when Street Fighter 2 released. I played uh, the Super Nintendo port against him earlier. We played a couple matches. Uh, He plays Chun-Li, and I got him a lot in the beginning, and he started to kind of catch on. And then he started uh, he started fighting back and taking me down a couple rounds. So it was uh, it was wisdom versus youth uh, and youth won some and wisdom won some. but um, we we put out a question on Twitter about a uh, favorite fighter. Um, and we got some poll results here to share with everybody. So out of all of the answers re- we received, this is kind of funny. The favorite fighter for everybody uh, tied. Uh, it was a tie between Ryu and Kayan. It was a tie between Ryu and Ken, uh, who uh, had six votes each. And then it was Blanca, Vega, Chun-Li, Sagat, Guile, and Bison. And then nobody else got any votes at all. So, yeah, the two uh, the two characters that are... Somewhat similar ish. Uh got uh got tie for favorite. Um but our mains. Um so he asked who my favorite fighter was. I actually used to play Dalsim quite a bit. Uh I thought that the stretchy arms were super cool and the yoga fire was uh something that I really liked to pull off. So uh how about you do who was your main your favorite fighter?
2: My my uh I I'm boring. I mean my main my... <laughs> My main was always Ken.
0: So you didn't. It was always Ken. You didn't have anybody kind of cycled through nothing like that.
2: I, oh, I played the other characters. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, going to, going to your your favorite uh, Dalcian. Um, I always found him like kind of like the fun troll character mm-hmm. because um, you know um, whenever I would play in the arcade. I mean, I played mostly at home. You know, friends coming over or my younger brother who. To this day, still dominates me at, at Street Fighter. He is you know, he he runs a small, uh, computer repair business now, mm-hmm. and so he very rarely has the time to play, you know, video games like like you know he did, in, you know, kid and teens and you know early twenties like we you know, uh. But to this day, if if he finds the time and he comes over and, and we play some Street Fighter, still mops the floor at me every time um that said i mean you know ken was always my my favorite uh even street fighter one i would always end up on the player two side and that's kind of like where it was so he's kind of like the like the you know kind of like luigi in that sense that you know i always liked the underdog and you know so i always rolled with ken and over the games they would make ken they would give ken the, the more powerful dragon punch and they would give ryu the more, you know, the better fireball. Um, to try to differentiate them a bit. And Ken was always like the flashier guy. Um, always had like more style.
0: <laughs> His red and yellow. Sure. He was
2: like, yeah, he's like the Hulk Hogan of uh, like Hulk Hulk Hogan <laughs> cross Hulk Hogan cross with He Man. <laughs> And a bit of and a bit of dolphin. So
0: there's a question here from Vulgar Leader, um, and it kind of it's kind of something that we're talking about. He said his first memory of playing Street Fighter Two was an arcade cabinet at local Food Lion. To this day, I still can't play on a stick to save my life. My question is, did you have a main back then? And if so, has it changed over the years? And it sounds like it hasn't for either of us.
2: No, um, I still rock Ken, you know, yeah. Yeah. um. You know, again, Dalceim. You know, he, he's interesting because you have to play him as a stick and move character. He's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I mean, you can get combos with the dude, but it's still like go in, find. You know, play very defensively, find that opening. All right, there is that opening. Punish him. They whiffed something. Now I'm gonna get him. <laughs> you know, and then and then go back because you know you, you don't find a lot. I mean, I'm sure you on, on the top here competitive scene there's probably some really nasty dalsam guys that can play you know very aggressively oh i'm but, sure but but yeah. on but on average that again average people playing it, you will find dalsam is that that slow muhammad ali stick and move you know wait for his opponent make a mistake all right now i got him or beat him with the teleport and then make him miss the dragon punch. Now oh, now he's in the corner. Now, now I got him, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Um, so this is from Torto 40 a.k.a. the Slipstream Mage, who said, Another beloved game that I spent entirely too much of my youth playing, but I loved every minute. Hashtag Blanca for life. <laughs> my questions, hardest move or combo to pull off? I do not have an answer to that, because um, they're all hard for me to pull off, except for Hadouken.
2: Uh, for me, I would definitely agree with him. He mentioned uh, Zangief's uh, 360 spinning pile driver. Um, definitely tough, especially if you're trying to play on a pad, uh, because mm. it requires that, that quick 360 spin. Yeah, um, I mean it's that's h-
0: easy to screw up on. A yeah,
2: pad. it's easy to screw up on a pad. I mean, it's still hard to do on a joystick, you know. Yeah. So in arcade, I still still cannot consistently do that. So mm. definitely for me uh I, I agree with him on that one
0: his second question here more frustrating ai opponent vega or bison or other
2: at uh, the real question is does he mean dictator or claw
0: <laughs> yeah or then you have the whole thing about the japanese versions having different exactly
2: names, yeah. so you know
0: <laughs> well i'm sure he probably just means the, the, the U.S. yes yeah.
2: Dictator claw or, or boxer? That's why I, I should have said, yeah, dictator or, yeah, or boxer. Go, yeah. That's what I meant.
0: Vega was a wall for me. I had a hard time getting past Vega as a kid.
2: I I would say probably M Bison. You,
0: you know, know, Mike Bison as his real name is. Yeah,
2: Mike Bison. No, no. Uh, dic- <laughs> if he means dictator, I would say dictator um, was yeah. was harder. Um, not that claw wasn't hard. But once you you kind of could get a sense of what the computer is going to do, and you could cheese them by making them back up, and then like just you know punish them with like a dragon punch, or you know, or you could uh, do an anti-air move if he was coming in for the grab, you know. So like if you're Blanca, you could do like the I guess it also depends on the version of uh, Street Fighter you're playing because mm. you didn't not every character in vanilla had as good of an anti-air move. So you would have to, you know, do more, uh, defensive maneuvers. So, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, for me, it was, it was, uh, definitely. And final boss of the game hard Cause he would cheesy with the, with the, uh, head stomp, uh, uh up in the air fist combo.
0: What a punk. <laughs> a punk, He was tough. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of a question we, we got from uh, Winstolf. Can any of the panelists actually do the moves? <laughs> A couple. Uh, I could only do like three moves. This is his statement. I could only do like three moves in the whole game. I mainly just cheese moved punches and low kicks and hoped for the best. Good music though, and yeah, the music Capcom had wonderful music in the nineties. Yeah, it was wonderful.
2: Absolutely, music. it's you know, and Street Fighter Two is one of the most memorable soundtracks of all time.
0: Yeah, it's got really, really, really great tracks. All sound fairly different too, since they're kind of uh, regional themed yeah, around the. Yeah, and so. they
2: tried to fit the characters, you know. Yes. So like Ken's theme definitely fits them, you know. The oh yeah, you know the the and eighties hair metal, you know, and then you had the the uh, Dawson had the, the nice uh, eastern, um, you know. Mid- middle eastern indian you know instruments in there and you know chun li you know definitely had like the chinese influence so yeah definitely uh, a lot of world music influence in it very good mm-hmm. then he had uh absolutely as far as the moves yeah i can do most of the moves in the game uh other than Zangief's of uh, spinning pile driver that's always a pain in the butt for me to do you know but um <laughs> people who can play him i tell you it's like it's crazy um because they manage to work it into almost every combo and you go up even in the newer street fighter games you go up against somebody who's like a zangief main it's like you know you're in trouble
0: (laughs) 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 because they've they've taken
2: they master all the they master characters so much that they can work around any deficiencies you know, so you go up against a beginner and you're you're playing a shoto and beginners playing Sangif, You know, yeah, you can probably be able to spam them to death with fireballs, but like the, you know, a main is gonna be like, oh no, no, we're, we're doing the spinning pile driver or the, the spinning clothesline, getting around your fireballs, and we're gonna jump over this other fireball and we're gonna do like a weak kick to st- put you in, hit you know. Stun, and then we're going to go right into that 360 spinning pile driver and take off a good 30% of your health. You know, and it's crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no joke. Here's a statement from Bill Tucker TSP. An underappreciated part of the Street Fighter experience were the bonus stages, demolishing a car with a hundred-hand slap and a well-timed lightning kick. Never got old. And that was, of course, the uh, demolishing the car, hitting the barrels, hitting the drums. The car was just iconic.
2: Yeah, especially if you were the type who was all about the high score. Like, you were going to beat the arcade ladder, and then you said, I'm also going to have a high score. You wanted to do great on the bonus games, so that when your initials were there on the top ten, People will be like, damn, how'd this guy get like a million points? Oh, well, he aced every... (laughs) (laughs) Bragging rights.
0: Bragging rights. (laughs) This is from SMB Flurry. I'm curious to hear about controllers and joysticks. Some people invest in fight sticks. Personally, I like the Genesis 6 button with all six buttons on the face. That's what you mentioned earlier, Rich. And others prefer a Super Nintendo controller. What are your preferences and why? uh i like playing with the super nintendo controller probably what i've had most experience with those cool home arcade tablet things that are gigantic are always really cool to look at i've never owned one though
2: yeah um if i had you know a lot of money to burn i would say an arcade stick because um you know you're gonna you know um simulate that experience a lot more of going to the arcade and putting down your quarter, um, some of the combos and a lot of the fighting games are, you know, built around an arcade environment. And so having an arcade stick is great. Unfortunately, you know, it's an accessory that's expensive and takes up a lot of space. So that's why mm-hmm. I don't have one. Uh, so for me, I, I play the fighting games with a pad. Um, if I'm gonna play an old home port, you know. I'm probably gonna play the Super Nintendo pad. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, and that's what I became accustomed to, even to this day. When I do play a modern uh, fighter on a current gen controller, generally I'm gonna map the uh, the fierce punch to the L button and the fierce kick to the R button. You know, and then my Y X. Well, I'm looking at a Switch controller now. On, on Xbox the x is in a different place but you know oh the floating yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna you know basically take and lay it out like the super nintendo uh back in the day so um but that's just because that's what i'm used to i know ergonomically the six buttons probably a little bit easier but that's uh that's just what i do because it's what i know
0: i imagine a lot of people are used to the super nintendo controller uh, for playing Street Fighter 2. Because again, that port was really successful. So uh, here's a question from Trash uh who asked Favorite theme song, favorite ending? Favorite theme song? Uh, Ken's is way up there. Ken's, Ryu's, and Guile's. Um, Chun Li's really great. Um, do you have one favorite theme song? Uh,
2: absolutely, Ken. <laughs> yeah <You know, laughs> it's just so good da- it's da- 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 were you excited
0: to see him pop up in uh smash
2: uh yeah yeah absolutely um i i was actually really excited with the recent uh terry Bogard coming in there and uh for those I, I mean if you're a smash fan you already know about it but if for those who are just kind of casual smash fans who you know pick it up only once in a while um if you go and you look at the last Nintendo Direct that uh that they did just before uh just before Bogard uh you know was actually uh released officially, um it's really great because they go through the whole history of the character, and they actually show you how in the in the in Smash uh Terry's the first one where your left um your left uh, attack and right attack are actually different so it you know mostly because up until now it's always been oh there's one side b one side a you know um now it's like no there's a left b left a right b right a so they actually do different things and they've uh, implemented basically his moves from king of fighters and fatal fury into it and so it's it's really crazy stupid good um Hmm. so yeah, but I was but uh back to the question, yeah, definitely uh definitely the Ken snap, the, the Ken theme. Um for the ending I mean Ken gets married, which is like eh it's nice. <laughs> but eh all right, so she tied him down. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which it de-
0: kind of doesn't really fit that character. I don't know. Well, that's what I always I thought. mean,
2: it's it's fine. You know, no, nothing wrong. He was
0: happy. Nothing wrong Baby with it. He was happy. Gets yeah.
2: happily married, you know, and then, you know, of course, later on, you know, we see he has he has the kid, and his kid follows in his footsteps. So, you know, and he takes the other uh, Street Fighter three, takes Sean under his wing, and teaches him. You know, um, so I mean, they go places with it, um, but it's not, you know, not the most exciting of the endings. <laughs> um I don't know, I'd say I'd probably go out on a limb and say, you know, you know, Blanca's ending kinda wins out because it's just so it's a mix of drama and comedy. Mm. You know, this little lady shows up and it's his mom and she's like Jimmy, I've been looking for you forever you know. So there's a sweetness in that it's a story of a of a guy reuniting with his mom. But it's also kind of silly because you have this big green, you know, big green monster man, you know, Hulk, you (laughs) know, you know, so you got this giant Brazilian Hulk monster, basically, and he's got a human mom, you know, so there's like a, there's like a little bit of silliness to it, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know, sweet and so I I, I echo with that. I guess, for <laughs> the most interesting ending.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Blanco's kind of the standout character in like that wacky, surreal way. Like, okay, now you've got all these literal Street Fighters, and then you have a monster from Brazil. Uh, here's a question from Eros Elric, a.k.a. the Teal Time Mage. What did you guys think of Street Fighter 2, the animated movie with Breaking Bad's Brian Cranston as Faye Long? Have you seen that?
2: Yes, I have it on DVD.
0: Hey, it's actually been... The uncensored mm-hmm. version. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have not seen this since before 2002, I think.
2: So the, the two and a half seconds
0: of Chun-Li and Shao. <laughs> <laughs> the uncensored version.
2: And, like, they made a big deal about that, too. Like, Like, ooh, you know trying to like do the whole, like guess, thing the pre Poupesson boys, like, ooh, cartoon yeah. cartoon nudity for
0: Especially too it was anime. Anime was at its peak edge in the nineties where everybody was like, Oh, anime. Can't get enough anime
2: But the the, the um Yeah, the part that like, it was because, like last year I was telling a, a friend of mine who's like a he he used to be a barista and uh, now he works uh construction but he also on the side does a bunch of cool 3d modeling stuff uh mm-hmm. his name's lucas um but uh if i can remember if i can get site his uh link to his stuff uh again i'll uh, i'll forward it to you later um uh, but uh i kind of blew his mind because he hadn't seen that uh the, the movie yet he was about to see it and i'm like oh you know you're gonna love the uh The part in uh, Street Fighter, uh, the animated movie, when uh, you get to hear uh, Alice and Chains, (laughs) and he's like, "Wait, what? No way!" I'm like, "Yeah," it's like I go, uh, you know, you know, there's a there's a sequence where Ken daydreams and you get to hear Alice and Chains, and he's like, "No, no, that's that no." (laughs) <laughs> and so like i go in i go into starbucks to get coffee like a week later and he's like oh my god i never realized them bones was in that movie I'm like yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> now this is still the the animated version that you're talking about yeah if you go okay, back and i did not remember that yeah
2: if you go back and you watch uh street fighter 2 the an the anime of street fighter 2 the the movie one not the not the series, which I don't have much experience with the, the, the series of them. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but it's not I, that great, anyway.
2: But, uh, I mean, the movie, honestly, it's the movie's honestly not fantastic. Nothing to write home about, but... Um, well, what
0: about the live-action one?
2: It, it's it's leagues better than, than the than live-action one. Than <laughs> that, um, But, yeah, there's a scene where, where Ken kind of daydreams. He's driving with Eliza. On the highway, and he starts like daydreaming about, you know, his time with, you know, training with Ryu. And, uh, them bones is playing in the background on his car radio. And, and, uh, yeah. And so it just kind of, kind of blew Lucas's mind that that I remembered that. And then he, he went and saw the movie. And he comes and he's just like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, that was awesome. Uh, I will say as an aside, on the um on the movie on the live action because i know gotta wrap up soon but uh one thing uh is one interesting thing is there's actually to me and maybe it's just me but there's a parallel between the street fighter live action movie with jean-claude van damme and um the masters 1987 masters of the universe live action movie with dolph lundgren huh Um, there are a couple I've seen both
0: of those couple
2: of parallels. Um, one, obviously both have a a B action star as you know playing the, uh, the the hero in both of them, but um when you look at like the performances of Rawls Julia as M Bison and Frank Langella as Skeletor, I think that's really where the parallels start to come into play because you have these hmm these movies that were both troubled productions, notoriously troubled productions, where there was constant financial issues, people getting sick, you know, a lot of crazy stuff going on on during the filming, and getting this, like, material that's not very good, and, you know, and, like, what are we going to do with this? And you have two classic theatrical, like, stars that started on you know got their name on stage you know and they take this this like stuff that some would even go oh this is just drivel and they elevate it to greatness you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> you look at lines in both of those movies that like you're like somebody got paid to write this yeah and they yeah. and they take and the it,
0: villains definitely give it yeah that- that sense of yeah. weight and drama and, like and, they're doing their best
2: yeah and they make the the movies like entertaining yeah you know you, you can't come away from either of those movies you can come away from both of those movies and say they weren't very good uh, the practical effects were terrible the oh the live you know you're like the 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 lo- the dialogue was 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 awful yeah but you look at you you can't say you you won't come away from either of those movies entertained you know you still get your you know if you go to the if you go down to the walmart or target right now and you go to the dollar blu-ray bin and you see either of those movies in there buy it go home watch it you will come away entertained
0: (laughs) this is true i guess i guess (laughs) oh man well here let's take these uh these we got two last ones this is from Sanity Crypto, did you guys play the original Street Fighter in the arcade with the giant mushy buttons you had to punch or hammer fist? If so, could you ever get it to work properly? Because I couldn't. I did not play the original Street Fighter. Street Fighter 1. Uh, crypto or Sanity Crypto shared a picture of it, and I was blown away. Uh, it's, yeah, it's quite a cabinet. Uh,
2: Street Fighter 1 I did play, however... My arcade never had the version with the uh, punch buttons. <laughs> uh, that just sounds
0: ridiculous. Mine
2: had the mine just had the familiar six button layout that we all know and love today. So uh, now getting it to actually do a fireball or dragon punch consistently, you know, was almost impossible. It was a crapshoot. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I did play it. And it was a fun game um, but again it does not have the the tightness that Street Fighter 2 has at all um, yeah.
0: I wonder how many kids broke their hands on those giant buttons
2: well I, that's knows? that's the thing that's why they switched the that's why they switched the the controllers to the six button controllers because yeah. people I don't know if they broke their hands but there were people that were injuring themselves and bruising themselves up. Oh, yeah. You know, it's <laughs> trying to Especially play. Especially if you're game. playing
0: competitively. Like, <laughs> you're just smashing yeah. If somebody them,
2: comes yeah. up player two. I
0: do yeah. And you know, kids too. the teenagers got rough with these arcade cabinets. I've seen some, you know, teeter over. I've seen, yeah. Some messes with these. I things.
2: mean, to this day, if I go to like a, if I go to a, like a, a, convention to this day and they have happened to have arcade cabs out and they have a street fighter machine, even to this day, I'm guaranteed to, to find one where oh. You know, light punch doesn't work, and I can't jump,
1: Hmm.
2: you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's been
0: worn down. It's been worn down. Here's our final question. This is from uh, Stephen Main Vox. Actually, this is a pretty interesting uh, set of statements. Said, this game is a classic to the extent that when you mention Street Fighter, most people think of this game, especially the new challengers. However, this is both a blessing and a curse. A blessing because some 20-odd years later, people still talk about it. A curse because this is the only game people recognize. Ask those people, do you know who Ibuki is? What about Gil, Dudley, Jury, Q? Chances are, if they only know about 2, they won't. So, uh, kind of this overarching statement that Street Fighter 2 kind of overshadows the rest of the series. Um... I certainly doubt that that as many people played the sequels as have played uh, 2 and its iterations. Because my goodness, this is an iconic game.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, but in all fairness, I mean, the, every major franchise has a game that's like that. You that know? stands out, yeah. That stands out above all the rest that everyone's going to yeah. remember. I mean, um, you can even look at... Um, at something that's even like a lot less esoteric. I mean, I, I hate to think of Street Fighter as, as an esoteric game, but in a lot of ways, it's it's esoteric, you know, because a lot of the average people, again, they uh, they only ever played Street Fighter two. You know, they know, you know, if they had played, you know, seen a Street Fighter three machine and put a quarter in, and, and you know, then they might go, okay, well, I, I remember getting it i remember Dudley. he you know um so that that's really that i mean i mean unfortunately that's just the way it is i mean just the way it is you know it's like you know i can't
0: think of a better answer than that i mean
2: i mean i you know you look at something like sonic the hedgehog you know how many people average people you know that you talk to on the street how many of them remember much beyond maybe sonic 3 and even mm. some of them might only remember the first one you know yeah. oh i
0: played the first one to death and then you start getting into these weird kind of spin-offy characters that seem like fan characters yeah like yeah and you know
2: there. you know or, or super mario brothers the average person's gonna be like i remember the super mario brothers or maybe i remember super mario brothers 3 because it's so landmark mm-hmm. but you tell them hey you played Super Mario sunshine. What, what the hell is that? No. <laughs> yeah. no,
0: I haven't played Super Mario sunshine. So yeah, that's just the way it is. Well, well, rich, uh, where can our listeners find you?
2: Well, um, again, I try to, and uh, again, with, with my, uh, with my work life, I don't always get to update as often as I would love, but, uh, comma eight comma one dot bird com. I try to, uh, Try to update that weekly. I don't always get to, um, sadly. Like this time of year, I work retail, so this is the time of year where I have kind of sparse updates. Um, but during the That's rest busy. of the year, during the rest of the year, I, I do try to whatever I play something, I try to get a review up. Um, currently, going to be working on a uh, Cave Story Plus review for the uh, Nintendo Switch since. I recently picked that up, and uh, a good fellow streamer/slash painter of mine, uh, The Renaissance, um, who you can find uh, on Twitch um, and YouTube, he uh, recently played through it. He was like, "Wow, this this thing's fun. This is interesting. This awesome game." Um, so I was like, "Oh, it does look fun and interesting, and exciting." Because I was watching him play some of it, and uh, I knew of it, but I had never gotten around to playing it. So saw so it on Switch, uh, fairly cheap, and I picked it up. And uh, just recently streamed through that myself. Um, you can find me at the uh, the Deviate at, at Twitch. Uh, so if you just type my name in uh, capital T, lowercase H E, upper uppercase D E V I O T uh, on Twitch, you will find my channel there. Um, I also have a link to it on the blog, so comma eight comma one dot wordpress dot com. You have to spell it all out. C o m m a e i g h t, you know, comma one again, all the way out. Uh, it would be just the uh, punctuation, but unfortunately, someone else took it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's what
3: a
0: jerk
2: move. So, <laughs> so you have to spell it all out, unfortunately. But uh, I do try to update the, that pretty regularly. And, uh, I play on Twitch, I, I do stream on Twitch semi-regularly, um, if I get, like, really super busy one week, you know, I I might not, uh, but I try to at least one night a week, because I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna be playing video games anyway, so, you know, why not, why not just stream it, and if somebody happens to ha- hop in and say hello, great, um, but I've been playing a lot of Splatoon 2 lately, um, uh, trying to grind my way to uh as close to the x rank as possible i don't know that i'll ever get there but um i did play a ton of unreal tournament back in the day and uh, i was in a clan for that entire series and i made it i made it far enough in that game where people wanted me to play on their team so i figure you know splatoon 2 is probably the first game since then that's hooked me that much and um so uh, not that I see myself entering tournaments or anything, but I do just for you know, personal gain, want to get as good as possible. And there's some parallels in that. Um, you know, Both games have a big emphasis on map control. Both have a big emphasis on advanced movement. If you want to really get anywhere in Splatoon 2, you got to uh, you know, learn how to swim, how, when to st- swim stealthily, when to go fast. When to go up walls, when to do trick jumps. Yes, there are trick jumps in Splatoon. So, yeah. So, anyway. But I have to getting a ramble. So, those are the two main places you can find me. And then you can always uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, at The Deviate. And, uh, yeah. So, there we go. Um, I would, uh, the only other th- thing quick, again, is I would uh, plug my, uh, my good buddy... Uh, Aldo, um, you can find him at Twitter at Shinbo um, So again, those of you listening who you you have a question about fighting games at all, uh, you know, hit that dude up. Um, I mean, not in mass. I mean, he is only one man, but <laughs> but yeah, if uh, if you want to talk, to somebody who knows about fighting games. He's a good guy, and if you want good like video content, again. I don't know the man personally; never met him. But uh, Maximilian Dude, that's Maximilian underscore Dude, all caps D O O D. And if you uh, find him on Twitch or uh, on YouTube, um, a wealth of information on fighting games. Uh, you know, uh, coming from the competitive end, he makes it palatable for people who are new. So, especially if you go, oh, you know, Mortal Kombat 11 looks interesting. I might want to pick that up. You know, opinions on some of the advanced stuff, whatever. Uh, Definitely check out that channel.
0: Well, lots to look into, folks. Uh, Rich, the Deviant, thank you for joining me on the episode and sharing your expertise. I appreciate it.
2: No problem. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, that's it for Magecast. The spell is wearing off. But stick around for a promo about another show I'd know you'd just love. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, and share this episode to help us reach a wider audience. If you enjoy our work, please consider supporting us and our vision for the future of civil gaming conversations with a monthly pledge of any amount at patreon.com forward slash Mage. This episode may be over, but the legend will live on. Passed down by the
3: Dwarves, the Elves, and the Dragons. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Oh man, I love thoughtful video game content, like the long-form reviews on WellRedMage.com, or the fantastic audio content at Magecast, where the Wellread Mage and a panel of mages talk about games in depth, and it gets really exciting and super critical, and I love it. But I wish there was something simultaneously more academic and, like, way more DUMB. Well, you're in luck, because coming uh, November 23rd is Philosophy Raga, the newest addition to the Well-Read Mage's audio content. It's a show about philosophy in the same way that Breaking Bad is a hilarious public service announcement about a silly man who just didn't have the right kind of health insurance. We'll be talking video games, we'll be talking philosophy, we'll be talking good and evil, the nature of reality, other... stuff. And it'll all be really good. So join me over at thewellreadmage.com on November 23rd for Raga, the show that takes great ideas, great games, and doesn't think about any of them too seriously.